0: Welcome to our new season of the Reach Next Generation podcast. I'm Grace Jeffries, and I'm thinking about my future. To help me with this, I'm speaking with successful women to get an understanding of the challenges they faced throughout their careers, how they overcame them, and what tips they have for girls of my age. Today, my guest is Paula Carrascos, who is currently a senior agent at Saul Model Management. Thanks so much for t- for joining me today, Paula. Can we start by you telling Saul how your career took you to the role that you know of today?
1: So I um, had an inkling that I wanted to work within the fashion industry or the entertainment industry. I had that feeling from when I was very young. And I was also very interested in journalism and writing. And I was very, very um, interested in the way the media world operates, newspapers and magazines. So it seemed inevitable for me that I would work within this, this space um and I didn't have any doubts about that I wasn't quite sure what my role would be but I knew that it would be within this very broad space and so I did my um A levels and I was very good at English and I was very good at art um I was also very interested in history um terrible at maths I think people fall into two camps from what I know and then I was looking um for what to do after that so I did my A levels and then I was looking at options for university and I went to the London College of Fashion. They've got an excellent course there, which is called Fashion Journalism. And within that course, you learn about all aspects of the media and fashion and photography and styling and fashion and business, all very relevant. And I was very fortunate to be on that course. It's quite a significant one. And at the time there wasn't many comparable courses. So I did that and Throughout the um, course, I also interned, and I remember knocking on about 50 doors, calling people, sending letters. And I remember I had a feeling at the time, and I and I was thinking, I've sent off at least 50 letters. Why am I not afraid, you know, afraid that I'm not going to get a job? I just had this belief that I was going to work in this space, and I just knew that if I knocked on enough doors. Eventually one would open and several doors seem to open at the same time. And one of the opportunities I took was to intern um, at a magazine. So I learnt about styling and I learnt about writing and I also learnt about working within a team. And I started off as an intern and then they basically offered me an internship for a year and I was paid. And then I knocked on some more doors after that because I then realised I wanted to explore something broader than just working within a magazine. And I went to work for a big fashion emporium um, called Hyper Hyper. And they looked after Hyper Hyper, about 50 fashion designers. And then they also owned Kensington Market, which was full of vintage stores. And I did the PR for the brand as a whole and then lots of individual designers. And I really enjoyed the public relations side of working within a corporation. I really enjoyed I really enjoyed understanding the nuances of working in business, but when you align that with fashion and talent. And then I thought, what am I going to do next? Because I was really excited about what I was doing and I wanted to expand on that. And I started looking for another job and I found the job through the Guardian newspaper, which Storm was actually advertising at the time. And it was the first time a model agency had decided to expand on the whole notion of developing models and making them into celebrities and brand ambassadors and i applied for the job and i met with sarah Ducas, who owns storm and her brother simon chambers who's her you know also a director at storm they're quite an amazing team and i was very lucky they offered me the job for some reason they really liked me and i've been there for a very long time um and that was my my route to where i am now
0: brilliant so when you're at school you mentioned that you know you really liked english and history and the arts um was there any other careers or maybe career paths you were interested in when you were a little bit younger so i was interested in
1: in in writing and journalism i was interested in communication and i was very interested in fashion but i knew that i didn't want to be a fashion designer. Um. So I think my interest was always to work within some form of industry that was within the communication sphere.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And whether that was within fashion or writing or film. I'm not sure, but I, I, I always knew I wanted to work within some kind of communication industry and it's a very broad term. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, you mentioned that you went to the University of Arts, which is in London. But how important do you think actually is to go to university, especially with, you know, internships that you went, you were applied to and graduate schemes, everything like that, that young people are now offered?
1: So this is a really, really relevant conversation for me because I've got a daughter who's 17. She's shortly to be 18. So she's going to go back to school in September and she will be starting her A-levels. And we've been visiting universities and it's it's a very, very big conversation. I know there's been changes made to um, the loan scheme, which is really, really going to impact a lot of people's considerations. Um, And the other point I would make is that from the time when I was at school to where we are now, the world has changed so fast and there's so much innovation with technology. And I think that's presented a whole new world of opportunities and careers, and so I think because I'm having these conversations with my daughter and her friends, I think it really depends on where you see yourself going, and we're probably at the forefront of conversations now about whether people should continue with a very traditional form of education. Um, I was also having a conversation with several of my colleagues um, a few weeks ago about their student loan, and some of them have got loans that are £63,000, another one of my colleagues has got a loan that's £93,000, and they've started to pay it off, and it's quite a significant amount to pay off every month. So I don't think there is a right or wrong answer with regards to how you get to where you want to go with your career, because I think other factors are in play. But I do think the whole um, opportunity and experience of going to university and moving away from home, becoming self-sufficient, learning how to thrive in a family environment without your parents close by is probably very, very valuable. Um, I think it's probably very frightening to to move away from home, but to do it within the, the realm of going to university with other students of the same age as yourself, going through that similar experience at the same time is probably very, very useful. But saying that I do think that degree apprenticeships are going to become more and more relevant and more viable. And I am hoping that um, I'm hoping that politicians will will really support that and put more emphasis on that so that. There isn't so much loan to student ratio. And there is more support for students who want the degree qualification which is incredibly you know prestigious but without having to pay off that huge loan that huge debt which i think i suspect is going to increase as the years go by given the current economic situation that we're all living in definitely so it's it's a very very big conversation but i don't think there's one answer i think it really depends on what's right for you and certainly for careers like law And um, medicine, you need a degree and for architecture and maybe for some IT careers now. It's probably very relevant, but I I don't have a a black and white answer.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree. I don't think there's specifically one answer. There's obviously many routes that people can take. Now, you mentioned while you're speaking about that, about, you know, the world is changing Really quickly, I think it's also changing a lot at the same time, but moving very quickly. So, what do you think work for women may look like in 10 years' time? Um, Or perhaps what do you hope it may look like instead?
1: I hope that there will be a more hybrid way of working as a norm because I think having flexibility so that you can have a great, greater work life balance is probably one of the key ticks to happiness for most people i think balance is the most important thing i would also make the observation that less people are living in london now and commuting has become quite a significant thing for a lot of people and i think i'm not a great fan of commuting i think it's it's quite a wasteful use of, of, of valuable time so i would hope that a hybrid way of working would be the new norm and um i would also encourage more flexibility because i do believe that you. Can work in a very impactful way. Perhaps doing four days a week, if that's what suits you. I've been very, very fortunate because when I um had my children, um I've got a 23 year old daughter and I've got a daughter who's soon to be 18. My 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 boss, the owner of Storm Sarah Dukas, was very very um, ahead of her time. Actually, she said to me, I don't care how you come back to work just let me know what works for you and I at the time when my children were much younger I said please can I do four days a week and please can I do three of those days in the office and one day a week from home and she said yes no problem and so from my experience I was very empowered by that and I was also very very appreciative of that and I feel like I I worked even harder because I had more to prove Um, but there was a real sort of kindness and, and a foresight there to give me that opportunity and you know that was a very long time ago so I was very lucky.
0: Yeah definitely. Now throughout your career have you perhaps had any mentors or is there anyone that inspires you?
1: Lots of people really inspire me. Um, my sister really inspires me. My sister's, um, my sister's just been made at King's Council. She works in the legal profession. Um, she's experienced various challenges in her career. I'm very inspired by her. Um, I'm very inspired um, by Sarah Ducas, another working mom. My sister's also a working mum. I'm very inspired by my friends who chose to become full time parents because that was the right thing for them. Um, I'm very inspired by women who work in politics. I think it's a, a very, very... Um, pro industry and it's not for the faint-hearted and I think people do it for for reasons other than power they, they you know they want to serve so I'm very respectful of, of them um, my, my late mum was a great mentor to me so um, I'm from a very traditional Greek background and I'm one of four and my mother encouraged us all from a very young age my sister and my two brothers to become financially independent she was very very of the belief that you need to support yourself because you need to be independent and you need to have a freedom to your life and equality Um, and bearing in mind you know um, when my mother was growing up from that very traditional background a lot of women didn't work so i think i respect women who basically make their lives work but who have several chapters to their lives so they might be a full-time mum for a period of time then they might go back to work but they embrace each situation with confidence and they make the most of that situation at the given moment they're not constantly looking ahead they're enjoying each moment um so i I think probably those, those those types of people um there's a broad range of people in my life but i wouldn't say there's just one person definitely
0: now as part of our research next generation Summits, we look at diversity and opportunity for young girls from the black and minority communities um as a society do you think we're seeing more quality and perhaps in your own profession as well definitely i think
1: i think yeah i think we definitely are um i think there was a very significant change in 2020 and it was long overdue um I'm a really, really big fan of diversity. Some of the most interesting clients I work with are from very diverse backgrounds, um, very diverse socially and economically um, diverse backgrounds. Um, And I think we're seeing, basically, I think what's happened is um, we're, we're seeing a very natural progression before June 2020. And then I think the events of June 2020 elevated and accelerated that whole process to where we should have been years ago. Definitely. Um, And I think it's happened because of the um, dominance of social media and the gift that that has given everybody to have Mm -hmm. a voice. Um, And it's changed the dynamics because if you think about our industry specifically, everything was probably curated and decided by an editor at the top of the magazine. Now the audience has such a great emphasis and input on which which talent is featured within the magazine or in, a, in an advertising campaign. So it's really, really become much more exciting and much more diverse.
0: Definitely. Um, I I agree. I mean, it's definitely become a lot more diverse, a lot more inclusive. But of course, there's always more that we can do. And I hope that you know, there is, of course, remaining steady improvement for the next couple of years? There is. I mean, if I look at it from my own perspective
1: and the talent I'm, I'm working with, there's such a wealth of talent and they're all very, very different. And I think what's happened is that social media is very three-dimensional. It's probably becoming quite four-dimensional as well. And so to communicate across all those different platforms, you need to have different attributes so it's not just about being very very pretty and photographing really well it's about having character and it's about standing for something and it's about being really really interesting because otherwise it will just fall flat on social media so if you look at all those things and take them into account with regards to what the brands are looking for when they want to book talent now they want talent that's going to resonate in a really um interesting way and in a really impactful way and so that's changed the dynamics for who we represent as an agency so when I first started working at Storm we just represented models and then as the media got more involved and took a greater interest in our world we then also decided to set up a talent management division which is Storm Artists and then as the world diversified and and expanded even more We then decided to set up Storm Vision which is our division that represents content creators and then as that world developed even more we then set up Storm Creative which represents all the creatives and artists um, and a few designers that we represent now so the wealth of talent that we're managing is it's just unrecognizable to where we were when we first launched Storm um when sarah first opened storm in 1987 it's a very different world now so it's it's a very very diverse world
0: yeah so i know that everyone has busy lives so how do you maintain a good work-life balance do you have any tips for it to be very honest i
1: don't because i probably work too much um i really don't have a good a good um answer for that to be honest i i would make the observation that my job is not really a job it's not really a 9 to 5 it's um it's something that's very very um submerged within my normal life and so i i think probably um i have a greater work life and my children always complain that they don't see enough of me and i don't you know i i enjoy my job more than i i you know like doing things with them and it's not true it's just that it's not a normal recognisable job working within the agency that I work for um, in the sense that it's it's great fun. It's it's greatly rewarding. Um, no two days are the same, but it's, it's not a nine to five job. And so the lines do get blurred. And um, we're also an international company and we work a lot with America. And so we're on different time zones quite regularly. Um, and I would also make the observation that social media has made everything much faster and so there's a lot we're we're a lot busier all all the time and um i I think probably everyone that i work with would would probably agree that it's it's a more focused work life um with less time um you know for for other things but because it's not a proper nine-to-five job in that sense it doesn't ever feel like it's a burden it's it's very rewarding and fun Sorry, I'm not sure I I don't think I answered that question really really well Um, but I I just want to be really honest with you because people see one side of our industry they see the glamour and they see um, you know the perfection and I want to be very honest with you it's a job that is very very demanding in in so many ways and it can be very stressful as well because we're dealing we're we're frontline you know dealing with lots of um, urgent situations quite often Um, And I always joke and I say to everyone I work with, you know, is it urgent or is it very important? Make the difference because everything in fashion can feel like it's very urgent and we're always on a deadline and clients can be very demanding. Um, And all of that impacts on your life. But. There's also so much fun that comes with that, but I don't want to make out that it's a really easy, you know, job for the faint hearted because I don't think it is. Mm. No, I get
0: that. I think definitely your industry and the industry that you work in, it can be demanding because obviously you have to work for many different people. Um So maybe getting work-life balance can be a lot harder, but I thank that you were honest. It's, it, it's appreciative because sometimes people say that they have a great work-life balance, but you can't always tell because lots yeah. of different industries are very demanding.
1: Yeah, and I think anyone who really enjoys their job We'll we'll put the hours in because um, it's something that brings you great pleasure. But I, I don't want to be dishonest with you because a lot of people say, say, oh, your job is so great. You know, you travel a lot and you wear lovely clothes and you're working with really famous people. And all of that is really, really lovely. And it's true. But then what they don't see is the hard work that goes into developing talent. And there's also a lot of rejection. That goes into developing talent and you have to deal with people on a very holistic level as well because rejection is really really hard to deal with but then the great thing about that is it's really really normal and we all need to learn how to cope with rejection and then accept that perhaps when one door closes or someone says no to us we're going to knock on another door because that's part and parcel of a normal life a normal working life you know and, and a career so i want to be really honest with you. Um, There's definitely so many pluses, um, but with any high profile career or any career that's interesting or competitive, you're going to have to work really, really hard. But Mm. if, if, if it's something you enjoy, it will never be a burden. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So finally, you've been at Storm for over 20 years. Have you ever thought about maybe a change in direction or trying something completely different? Um,
1: I really love what I do. And I think because I've worked at Storm through so many different chapters, I feel like I've had several jobs because there's been so much innovation throughout my career. Because when I first started working at Storm, we just um, I think we had five television stations and five newspapers or, you know, very limited platforms. And print advertising was the main form of communication. You know, a big billboard in Times Square, for example, or an advertising campaign on ITV. Um, or, you know, an advertising campaign in Vogue. Um, And at the time, the supermodels were just getting started, and it was a really exciting and dynamic time to be a model agent. Um, And I sometimes joke because when, I think it was Linda Evangelista said, you know, I don't get out of bed for less than $10,000 a day, the reality was the money was much higher than $10,000 a day. You know, it was a really exciting time to be a model agent and to be part of that industry and then it's evolved and so every five years there's another innovation, and it's a really exciting time again with all the social media platforms that models use now to communicate with and then we also build you know build brands for people people have their own brands people also have television careers people also create um, you know photographic books and work on projects the, the wealth of opportunities if you're a model a huge and also the wealth of talent that we represent is so different. So I feel like I've had about six careers during my career at Storm because yeah. it's constantly evolving. Um, but do I see myself working in an industry other than the one I'm working in? I don't think so, because I love it. Yeah, and I, I really like working with people. I really like working with people who um, perhaps are struggling a bit because the industry's also become um, very competitive and, If you're a model or if you're an influencer, you can see what all your colleagues are doing on Instagram. And that can lead to comparisons. So you have to learn how to deal with that and just focus on your own career. Um, There's so many different elements that come into into play with my career and with my job. Um, You know, helping brands find the right ambassadors is really rewarding. Quite often, we'll package a whole idea of talent and a communication strategy and take that to a brand. And they'll be so appreciative and they'll love that um i work with some artists who are really talented and basically they create artwork for some really really famous brands like zara you know the the fashion store um and the quality of influencers that we work with i always say they're not really influencers they're women of influence because they are creative directors in their own right some of them are very very young they've got this phenomenal work ethic they're really nice girls um, and boys, um, and they'll basically go and book a studio to create this whole advertising campaign with a photographer and a stylist and a hair and makeup team and put the whole content together. And quite often, some, some of the designers and the brands I work with will say to me, oh, I didn't realise that Mia Regan had um, created that whole campaign by herself because it's so good, because the talent that we represent is so dynamic and so viable. And so I'm not working on an ordinary level. I'm working on an extraordinary level. So I think it would be very hard for me to work in an industry other than the one I work in. And I, yeah. I, I do want to share that with you. I I think there are some really incredibly talented people out there. And whether it's in sports or film or banking or law, it's quite nice to, to work at a really high level.
0: Yeah. Now, I've really enjoyed chatting to you today, Paula. Thank you so, so much. And I'm sure everyone listening will now be thinking about some of the choices they're about to make in their own career and future too. So keep listening to the Reach Next Generation podcasts as I talk to many more brilliant women. And more more details about our upcoming summits will be at reachnextgeneration.com. Thank you to our partners and sponsors, Experian, Barclays, Domestic in General, Staffline and the Ardona Group.